Career Day Live is a Stop Clowning Around production. You can learn how Stop Clowning Around helps people succeed in life and career by mastering the art of connection and relationships by visiting StopClowningAround.com or Facebook.com forward slash StopClowningAround. Many times in life, we are told by those with good intentions that pursuing our artistical talent is a waste of time. Although the path may be more difficult than others, the person that works hard enough without giving up often finds success. It's at this point that those close to us admire our determination to pursue one's path to passion. Johnny Magic, a professional illusionist that performs shows all over the globe, provides some insight on how other inspired illusionists can make a career out of their passion. Johnny, welcome to the show, and tell us just a little bit about yourself. Well, happy to be here, Scott. I love what you're doing with the program. Yeah, my stage name is, yes, Johnny Magic. Uh, I'm an illusionist. I've been doing magic illusion shows, traveling the country since I was about 17, and I'll be 35 soon. So that's been, you know, more than half my life or so that I've been chasing this crazy path of passion, as I like to call it. It's a lot of fun, and it's, 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 it's just, like I said, it's that. It's my path of passion, something I love. So we can correctly call you a professional magician? Yes, yes. Well, if you want to be correct in the magic world, I would be considered an illusionist. But yes, a professional magician or illusionist, either one, I don't get uh, my feathers ruffled on that. Uh, there's just a, it's, it's a distinction of someone that does something like a card trick versus somebody that cuts somebody in half. It's kind of an interesting thing, but we don't have to dive into that if you don't want. Fair but enough. Yes, a professional well, magician. You started at a young age. Tell me what drew you to this life of being a professional illusionist. Well, I would say like many children, many children get into magic uh, when they are, you know, they're very young. I was about seven years old. And before I even knew a magic trick, I saw a magic show at my school and I wanted to be able to do those things. Of course, as a seven-year-old, I wanted to really make things disappear or make people float or, you know, all that, that wonder and that amazement. I wanted to be able to do those supernatural things, if you will. You know, kind of like Superman flies. You know, oh, I could be a magician. So I would play around the house. I had a little uh, plastic top hat. And I, I would do like so many children that would go to your parents and say, you know, watch this. It's going to disappear you take something like a little ball or basketball and say, watch, it's going to disappear. And then you tell your parents, close your eyes, and then you hide it behind your back or something. And then you say, open your eyes, and it's gone. And I wasn't even doing magic, but in my eyes, I was doing magic. And so I wanted to have that power. And I remember the first time the guy said, I'm going to teach uh, the kids how to do a trick here. And when they showed the trick, I was a little disappointed because I imagined in my head, I'll never forget this, that he was going to teach a secret of almost what would look like a zipper that would you could unzip, put this coin into the world of invisibility, and zip it back up. And that's how he was going to teach us how the trick was done. And then when he showed us it was sleight of hand, I was like, no, 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 how do the real magicians do it? <laughs> and uh, But uh, shortly after that, I practiced and practiced, and it was my dad who I did the tricks for him. And he said, well, that actually looks pretty good. And that, that's a... That's a big thing I've noticed with children that are trying to get into magic is once you know how a few little tricks are done, 
they want to give up quickly because they feel that it's silly. And sometimes the methods are really silly, but it's still about your performance and about practicing. I mean, for example, if I say the coin is gone, uh, I know where the coin is the whole time. So my fear as a child or even sometimes as an adult is, does everybody else know what I'm doing here? Because if it's if I say it's in my left hand, but it's really in my right hand, yeah, I know where the coin is. But you got to remember, if you're doing it well, they still believe it's in the, the uh, other hand. And uh, it, it can be funny, even on the, to this day and age, when I make a girl appear on stage, I might see this girl the entire time and the audience cannot. And you have to just pull off this, as I like to say, understated confidence. I don't want to be cocky with it, but is that, you know, air quotes, empty box. And yet I'm looking right at the girl that is about to magically appear before people's eyes and then think, oh, man, I hope nobody else can see what I see and just have the confidence of knowing, oh, they don't know. And then when she appears, you know by their reaction. If they applaud, hey, that's good. They they didn't see what I saw. Johnny, as you talk about this, it makes me look a little bit back on my background. And I was actually a children's minister for quite some time. And I know that we were very careful not to say magic because uh, in a religious view, we don't believe in magic. We actually always called it illusions. Is that really why you said your field of work is a professional illusionist? I really like to stress that illusion side of it, even in my show is, yeah, that's a little bit of it is I'm actually a pastor's son. And so my dad being a minister, there were some people that did worry that we were doing you know, summoning demons or doing something evil when really there's nothing evil about it. I try and encourage that it's it's a puzzle, it's entertainment, or playing tricks on your eyes all in the name of entertainment. So I do stress that because of just my upbringing of, I didn't want to turn people away from the show just from hearing, oh, magic, and then all of a sudden, you know, you've lost 80% of your audience right there. I wanted to make sure that everyone understood, hey, we're just, we're here to have fun and make people laugh and smile and create wonder. Yeah, not anything evil. Well, hey, I want to ask this then. You you talked about how you came up as a child, and I, I unfortunately have to rush these stories along a little bit. You mentioned your father, a little bit about your background. Yeah. When I think of performing arts, uh, almost any type of performing art, a lot of times individuals get shut down. You can't make a career out of that. So just quickly, was your family supportive of you becoming a professional illusionist or... Did you have to overcome a little bit of the, you can't make a living doing this? Um, my family was actually very extremely supportive, which I feel very blessed on. I, I did get a lot of people saying, when are you going to get a real job? When are you going to get a real job? And, you know, they didn't have any idea what I was getting paid for different events. And I always thought it was funny um, that they would always be so judgmental on that. And maybe it's because in their own right, they, they weren't going for after, after their own dreams and their own path of passion. So it was, you know, they were upset that it was almost them uh, projecting their own image of, well, if I can't do my thing, they can't do their thing. I don't know what it was, but my family was extremely supportive, and that is a huge help to me on that. I mean, they always did push for having a backup plan, which was great because actually for magic, I encourage young magicians, go to college, get some sort of training. You can, you can get a degree in psychology, which is actually going to only help your magic because magic is a huge part psychology it is so much about how the human mind works and therefore how to to fool the human mind not for personal gain but even for entertainment so you know that was always a nice backup plan but i didn't like accepting it as a backup plan because in my mind i wasn't going to fail but that helped appease some of the people it's like oh well, that's good you can be a psychiatrist or something you know and it made people kind of be like oh at least he's being practical about it well 
No, I was actually doing it to, to further the magic career, to be honest. But That I fully get. And I think uh, just kind of a side note to this conversation, so many times we do choose our career path based on what others think. Others think I need to go to college, I need to do this, I need to do that. And we end up spending uh, many years of our adult life, quite frankly, unhappy. And my whole goal with this podcast is really just to help others see how big the world is and the opportunities out there and that they can actually enjoy their day today. So I appreciate you saying that. And I just want any listener to know that, hey, a backup plan might be fine and nice, but you can be happy. I agree with that. And I love that. In fact, that's my big thing is that's why I call it my path of passion is that I had a mentor in life as well as a mentor that was a magician mentor, but he, oh, he was a woodworker and he had a passion for carving wood. And I worked for him for a little while because I wanted to learn how to be able to fix my own props and uh, tricks on stage if they were to break to know some basic woodworking. And he would say, Johnny, you know, I love you working here, but uh, I know that this is not your passion and you need to pursue your passion. So he was always very supportive as well. And me doing the magic and the day that I quit working for the wood shop, he said, you know, I felt bad. And he said, no, don't feel bad. I'm happy for you doing your path of passion. And that's why I continue to say that he's a great man. He's passed away since, but he will always be there in my heart and in my mind of things he had said to me. It's good to have these people to fall back on and push us along. If I think about, Again, your career as a professional illusionist, so many of us get a picture in our mind. I I always uh, refer to like a pen and teller, and that's what we think of. But I know the world's uh, much bigger than that in your line of work. So as a professional performer, can you give us a little idea of what your day-to-day looks like or maybe your week-to-week? What type of, well, what do you do as a professional illusionist? Well, uh, a week to week, it's always it's always a little different. Uh, my mentor always used to say you can do anything and not everything, but I try and do a little bit of everything. So, in the sense of if it is a week of say I'm performing at Six Flags, I, I'm spending a lot of time programming lighting um, during the week. So I'm programming lighting. I may be doing my own sound checks. I may be editing my own music and software. So it's not people see the the performance and see either a thirty minute or an hour, an hour and a half show, whatever that length might be. They only see the on stage time, but ultimately, I wanted to be able to do a lot of the the side work for the production value, like programming lighting, learning about DMX control, which is a lighting thing, uh, or editing music or video editing for promo material. Because if you don't do a lot of that yourself, you end up spending a fortune trying to just get a promo video out there. And nowadays with technology. The kids have it so easy. You have an iPhone, you got iMovie, you can make a very uh, simplistic promo video, but not spend a fortune and you get yourself out there. But a day to day, Harry Blackstone once said, who was a famous magician, um, he felt more like a furniture mover than a magician. And because let's say if I'm doing a show in a theater, we arrive at the theater at about eight o'clock in the morning. If the show is at seven o'clock at night, we load in, we hang lights. We hang backdrops. We get all the props set up. That takes about four hours. And so then we do a few run-throughs and learn what our angles are and different things of what that different theater of where we may not be able to perform a certain trick. But even I'm getting ahead of myself is the whole week before that, I actually will be going out and doing radio interviews, TV interviews, local news stuff, of course, to try and promote and plug the show. I might even be sitting in a parking lot somewhere that is uh, to help promote it that, oh, at the mall, if you come down and you're at the mall, you can see Johnny Magic performing some amazing card tricks. And so people come by and then you are ultimately 
plugging and promoting your own show. So it's about, I say, 5 to 10% performing. The rest is business, marketing, uh, sending out videos, sending out YouTube links, trying to reach out to people that might want to hire you, or it's trying to have meetings with clients of, say, Six Flags or a theater in Branson that you want to get a run for. So it's, it is a lot of business behind it. Yeah, so that kind of gives somewhat of an idea of what my week is like. <laughs> it really does, and I can name about five to ten degrees that go with that. If someone needs a college degree, uh, just to appease everyone who uh, is upset with them going after a career like yours, you know, I met you at a show here in uh, the St. Louis Six Flags, and a good show, by the way. But I also know that uh, not every professional illusionist spends their time doing shows. Can uh, you talk about just some of the other ways that uh, peers in your field do make income? I know that uh, some other magicians and a lot of them go towards motivational speaking, um, so, which is still somewhat of performing. I'm not downgrading what they're doing. I think motivational speaking is a very valuable tool. I mean, it goes back to having those people supporting you. But I know a lot that do uh, motivational speaking for side income. Some do web design because They've realized that, okay, they may have started, like I was mentioning, video editing my own stuff or making my own websites. They realize, hey, if I can make it for me, I can make it for other people. And it's also not a job that is in the spotlight. Like, say, if you're a real estate agent, they may say, wait, he's a magician or is he a real estate agent? Well, you can make websites or you can do all those other things, video editing, and kind of be in the shadows making some extra income. But I know I know a few magicians that do extra things on the side. I, I did it for a little while. One of my side jobs was, it was back when the flat screen TVs came out. I found a, a company that was making wall mounts for those. Back when Walmart was even selling them for $90 a piece, I found them for $10 online, sold them cheap on eBay. So it was just sub supplemental income because ultimately you're working for yourself. You have no 401k. I mean, unless you go out and find something on your own, you have to have your own insurance. It, you are running your own business. So, you got to make sure that what what happens if you get injured? What happens if you get sick? There are no sick days in this field. So you have to have some sort of um, uh, I don't know, um, safety net, I, mean, I guess you would say, safety net in case you have some sort of illness or surgeries needed or whatnot. That's smart in any career as well, just to have, uh, I'll call it a side hustle or ensuring that you have your safety net there when something bad does come up. You know, Johnny, I'm kind of curious. You, you've mentioned some things about this jo job of yours or this career of yours, and it sounds really cool. Can you just quickly tell me what your favorite things are, and maybe are there any things that you don't love about it, but it is part of what you do? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try and narrow that down as quick as possible. Is that My favorite thing is obviously being in front of the crowd. I mean, it, it, you would be a crazy person to do the amount of work we do in the week if you didn't love the show, because there's things that you'll stay up all night just if it's weather, editing, music. But my favorite thing is going in front of the crowd, no matter what size show, if it's a thousand people, or if it's, say you're even doing a library show in your hometown, watching the look on the kids' faces is amazing. That they are able to, and that's why our show's called Reality, because people are stepping out of their reality for a minute to, to just experience this, uh, the magic. And I don't mean you know, real magic. I'm talking the real magic of the smiles and laughters on the kids' faces. And then you look at the parents and the adults, and they're in a world that's escaped the reality. So for whether it's 30 minutes or an hour show, again, they are smiling, they're laughing, and they're taken away from thinking about their bills, thinking about maybe their stresses in their life. That is my favorite part about it, is that everybody gets to run away and escape, <laughs> if you will. 
from their problems. I just have this little mental picture of the adults starting with their arms crossed, like, yeah, I'm not going to have any fun, to that body language quickly changing <laughs> as uh, the reality does shift and change. I'm sure you do enjoy that quite a bit. Oh, yeah. It's, I've, I've had many adults come afterwards and say, hey, I really enjoyed the show, and don't take offense to this, but I was expecting it to be hokey. And I'm like, well, I don't know how I'd be offended by not being hokey, so <laughs> thank you, I think. But is yeah, you have to break that wall down of, you know, they think, oh, he's going to pull a quarter behind my ear. And then, you know, we try, ultimately, we know that the kids are going to have a blast, but the people paying for it or the ones that are buying the tickets to come to the show are the parents. So you have to impress the parents. But going back to the, maybe the biggest downside, you said the, the pros and cons, probably the biggest con for me is I have a son. I love spending time with my son. I, this job does require me to travel quite a bit. When I was younger, like 17, 18, 19, I loved the travel part of it. And I was a pro back then because I was from a small town and it was great being able to see the world. And now it's, I do love traveling, but not as much because in my downtime, I would rather spend time with my son. So that's probably the biggest, uh, the con of it. Is, and also the load in. I mean, the load in is, like I said, it takes about four hours to get our show just ready, just with lighting and everything. And that's even with you, with having a crew. So it's, that's probably the biggest downside, but you know, with every job you have the, the good and the bad. And in this case, the good far outweighs the bad that it's like, Hey, you do what you got to do. So I hope one day I find a job where I love every aspect of it, but I agree. Every job has the things that are right there in your basket of your expertise. And unfortunately there's always aspects of it that are not as fun, but they have to be done and they're dreaded. So we do everything we do for an income. And yes. here's the interesting thing about income. It's very subjective how much everyone needs. Now, everyone looks at a six-figure salary as, boy, that's what I want to get to. But we always fail to look at satisfaction. We forget to look at contentment and all of these aspects that, in my opinion, go toward a total income package of any career anyone chooses. And since this is one of my first uh, sets of episodes, I just want to make sure that is clear every time that income, in my opinion, cannot be viewed just financially. With all that said, though, can you give us a guide of, is being a professional illusionist really a good opportunity for someone that wants to pursue this? I mean, there's a lot of negative feedback. You talked about that earlier. So if I really want to go after this, is there hope for me? Oh, absolutely. Because there are so many different rooms in magic. Is uh, For example, there are the guys that love doing card tricks, coin tricks, and they might think they may not be able to make a career out of it just because they only want to do cards and coins. They're, they're, and then there's the birthday party magicians, and people say, oh, well, how much money can I make doing a birthday party? Or, or it's the large stage show, and they want to be like a David Copperfield, or, you know, I'm nowhere near Copperfield status, but even my shows, they wonder. Well, in a quick kind of rundown of all those is there are guys out there making good money just doing cards and coins. They go and do corporate events and go table to table to table. I do this even in between large shows is that I'll do corporate Christmas parties that I go table to table to table and you can get hundreds of dollars for a couple hours of work and do these things quite often. And that's nice supplemental for me is that my supplemental income is more magic. Then I have a buddy who does magic shows just for birthday parties. And his, his motto is it's somebody's birthday every day. And I'll tell you right now, he's not charging very much for birthday parties, but yet makes over a hundred thousand dollars a year. 
then you take an illusionist like myself that uh, I'm not saying I make this, but at the same time, if you get hired on the cruise ships, you're talking thousands of dollars a week and you know, your room and board and everything is covered. And so you have the potential of, you can reach the same, uh, uh, income, if you will. And like you said, money is not everything. A huge thing for me is I make enough to get by that I'm very happy and blessed. And at the same time, my freedom to spend time with my son, that is more valuable than extra money to me. So I have the flexibility that I can enjoy that. But I say no matter what skill and magic you have, whether it's card tricks, coin tricks, cutting a girl in half, or even the church circuit, you talked about that. There are actually now churches hiring gospel magicians to come in and do a magic show or an illusion show uh, for this church that ties in a, a, a message. And there are so many great messages you can do with magic and tie in a religious message. If, and if that's, if that's your thing there. And like I said, you can be a great card guy and you can even do a magic lecture circuit that you go to the international brotherhood of magicians, local rings, and you can make a very good living with that. So I could say at a very minimum, Someone could do this full time and make thirty thousand dollars, and then even if you want to go crazy, all the way up to five hundred thousand dollars a year. It is it is not that outrageous to think. And I I like to look at numbers and break them down. Is that you don't have to think about oh man, how am I going to do card tricks and make thirty thousand dollars a year? Well, just look at how many shows you might need or how much money you need at a certain time. Is that instead of looking at wow thirty thousand dollars, well I only need three thousand dollars a month roughly. And then you can even break that down as, oh, I only need 1500 every two weeks. And 1500 well, that might only be five, six shows. So don't, be inti- don't intimidate yourself by a large number. Break those numbers down and say, hey, I only got to do four or five shows this week or whatever it might be. It's four or five shows sounds very easy compared to saying, oh, how am I going to get $200,000 this year? That can be overwhelming. So just look at the small things, one, one day at a time, one step. You know, you got to walk before you crawl. Or flip that. Sorry, crawl before you walk. But. <laughs> well, you're a professional illusionist. You you might have walked first. You know it. Yeah, it's, that's true. I might have. You never know. <laughs> it's basic business, quite frankly. Uh, I'm a business guy at the core of who I am, and it's where my passion lies. And really, everything you're saying is you're running a business, and business starts at what do I ultimately want it to be, and you backtrack on what I need to do in order to make that happen. But you answered a, that solid question. If somebody really wants to make a go of this. There's room in the market, and there's opportunity to earn income, and you need to set what you're going to be happy with. And again, uh, I cannot say it enough that income is such a subjective subject that what is enough for one person may not be enough for another. So find your number, and it sounds like they can make it if they want to put in the work. Is that correct? Absolutely. I mean, I used to do a show for schools, a motivational show, and it was a magic show, but it was if you believe it, you can achieve it. And I did that years and years and years ago. I was about 18, 19, because here I was living my dream. But that is the truth. And you do have to make sacrifices with this job. But I think anything you're passionate about, you do have to make sacrifices. You may have to change cities even. And I'm not saying to stay busy, because I I live in a town of 1,200 people, but yet I perform across the country. And so, therefore, I would be unknown because of how small this town is. But at the same time, I am well-known enough in the market because of just me traveling. But, you know, otherwise they might say, who's this guy from Podunk, Texas, you know, whatever it might be. And yet everything is possible. You just have to make some sort of sacrifices that, hey, you may have to move to a smaller town. 
you think you're actually hurting yourself because there's not as much of a market there for your show. No, there, you, your cost of living can go down exponentially and you can live very comfortably and better, very happy with a very nice house, very nice car. And yet just travel a little bit further for your show. So I say, if you want it bad enough, you can do it. There's nothing stopping you. So I, I, I do want to throw this in too. I yeah. do not come from a family with money at all. That that's something, uh, you know, is, that is a, was a huge obstacle is a lot of people say, oh, to make money, you got to have money. I disagree with that. I think it can be very helpful. Yes. But at the same time is I found ways of making this happen. I mean, when I was in high school, I realized that we were selling ads in our yearbooks to help pay for the yearbook. And I realized suddenly, hmm, if I rent theaters across the country and I sell ads in programs, it's no different than selling yearbook ads. And so I used to go out and sell the ads myself. So that way, Hey, how am I going to rent this theater for $1,500 when I don't have a dime in my pocket? Well, you go out and sell ads for your programs. And then now you're not, you're doing a show when you had no money and now you have your ticket sale money. And even if nobody shows up to the show, you didn't lose any money and you still got to do a show. Or if you, if you know, only 10 people showed up, you didn't lose anything on it. So you just have to think outside the box, but it, it's all possible. And I'm somebody that came with, from no money that that made it work. And so <laughs> it's just perseverance and believing in yourself, really. An awesome add-in. I or being crazy you. enough. <laughs> <laughs> Probably both. And I appreciate you adding that because it, it, it is so true. Just It's all about hard work. It's all about thinking creatively. It's all about doing things a little outside the norm. And that's how you ultimately accomplish any one of your dreams. So very well said. We're going to finish with one yeah. final question, and that is whether it's a youngster, maybe they're 10, maybe they're in college, maybe it's a 40-year-old who's just had this passion his whole life. If somebody really wants to make a go of this, now you've given good clips of things that you've done to, to make yourself successful, but if I just want to learn more about it, if I want to dip my toe in the water, what type of person do I need to be or maybe what can I be working on to ultimately pursue something like this? All right, let's see. Well, the first thing I would recommend is a book. And uh, there's a great book out there. It's called Mark Wilson's Complete Course of Magic. There's one that's about an inch thick, and then there's one that's about an eighth of an inch thick. Spend a few extra bucks and get the larger one, because here's what I found. And I'll try and make this as quick as I can, but I don't want to skip over, because this is important to me as well, is that the art of magic, I don't want it to die off. So this book has sections in it, a huge chapter on cards, a huge chapter on coins, um, things you can build yourself at home. And the beauty of that is, I'll tell you right now, I do this for a living and there are some card tricks I just cannot do. And I don't let that discourage me. The, the fact is that it just may be something that the dexterity of my hands cannot do. But that book, you can say, okay, well, let me try this one. Let me try this one. So if somebody wants to really get into it, there's plenty of magic out there that you can find some that work for you. But I would start there. And these young kids today, or no matter who it is, whatever age, they have a beautiful thing called the Internet that I did not have. I mean, that's going to be my thing I tell my son. When I was your age, I had to read this in books. And there is so much on YouTube. Even There's, there's a 12-year-old kid teaching you how to do magic tricks. I have my YouTube channel that I teach a few magic tricks. But if, something, if you want it enough, you can do it. And it's a matter of just finding what works for you. And a lot of these magicians try and, uh, myself included, for years, try to find this character of who do I want to be on stage. And ultimately, I say, and this is just my opinion, be yourself. 
if you are a more introvert, but yet you still want to perform magic, you can just harness and kind of channel and bring out that in you is that be a uh, bumbling magician if you want. Say you are not the best at some sleight of hand, be bumbling. Uh, I, a great example is I'm horrible with names, Scott, and it's it's ridiculous. In the show, a kid's name might be Timmy, it might be Dave, and I will call him Larry. And so whenever I forget a name, I just try and make a positive out of it. Take that negative of me being silly and forgetting names. I'll say, what was your name again? And the kid will say, Scott. And I'll go, oh, that's right, good memory. And it's, I just try and make fun of myself a little with it because I try not to let those obstacles become problems and become obstacles. I try and make them into funny, funny moments. So back to the whole thing is say it's a 40 year old that doesn't know how to get into magic. Be yourself on that is you can either make fun of yourself in a playful way or do tricks that fit your personality. And that's the beauty of that book is there's so much in there, but you don't have to be the next David Copperfield. You don't have to be the next Jeff McBride. You just have to be the first, you know, whoever you are. And that character is ultimately, that might be the next best thing. That might be the next magician. I mean, Penn and Teller's Fullest has a, many different types of personalities on there. And a lot of those people just are amplifying who they already are. So they say, oh, we love your character. You play this shy guy. Well, it might be because he really is shy, but he loves magic. And so you can just amplify the, tr the qualities and traits you already have. And that become your character. Is They may say, hey, Johnny Magic, he's the magician that won't stop talking on a podcast. Or they may, you know, whatever it might be, is that you can just amplify that is, hey, there's this quiet guy, but he does these amazing things. Some of the best are actually some of the biggest introverts I've ever seen in my life. And it amazes me that they would be on stage in front of thousands of people. Right. But they, they pull it off and make it work. Hey, you know, this so show... I'm not get too off track. No, not at all. This show is uh, a, I call it a production of Stop Clowning Around, which is another platform I work in. Uh, really in the world of communications and, and, and accomplishing your goals within your career. And one of my big platforms, I guess, is networking. I, I, I'm always caught up on networking, network, network. Uh, you need to know people. You need to grow with others. You mentioned book. You mentioned YouTube. But are there associations or groups out there that someone could network with to grow along kind of with a mentor? I'm so glad you brought that up because there actually is. And it's, one of them is based out of St. Louis, Missouri. It is the International Brotherhood of Magicians. I uh, believe, I, I don't want to give you a wrong website, but if you just Google International Brotherhood of Magicians, they go by IBM. I, it's kind of funny, but they have little sister brother chapters, if you will, all across the country. So every major city, even uh, the biggest town to me where I live is about 100,000 people. And there's one in there and they have what they call their rings so there's all these magicians some are school teachers that just like learning a new trick to incorporate in school some are youth pastors to incorporate with a message some are professional magicians doing it full-time but you can become a member of these associations and so there's the international brotherhood of magicians and the society of american magicians and both of those have monthly meetings in cities everywhere that if you're wanting to get started they can help you and it's a nice safe place to practice new tricks so if you feel, okay, this trick isn't good enough to perform because I think I might, you know, expose how I did it, you can practice it in front of the crowd that is uh, amongst your peers, and they will flat out say, hey, I kind of see what you did here. Maybe if you stood at this angle, it would be better. And so they will help you grow and help you better yourself 
So I encourage you becoming a member. It's not that much to join. And there are many perks. They send out a monthly magazine that even has new tricks in it, card tricks, coin tricks, and interesting articles. And I would really strongly suggest those. And even for me, they offer a liability insurance for full-time performers. So when you rent a facility, that's a requirement. Even while performing at Six Flags, I have to have a liability insurance policy that if I were to pull you on stage, Scott, and you, uh, you know, you trip on stage, well, that's because I pulled you on stage. So I need to cover myself and cover my bases. But you can get amazing rates because it's kind of like a co-op through them. But I would look into the International Brotherhood of Magicians and Society of American Magicians because those people and those groups, like I said, they're everyday people. Some are full-time performers. Some are just people that have a love for magic. And I've seen many people be a, a regional manager or of like a Dillard's or a J.C. Penney's. They can do card tricks way better than I've ever even tried. And or I have tried and not been so successful that they've given me tips and I'm like, man, you need to be performing. And they say, nope, I just do these tricks for my kids and my grandkids. And yet they are some of the best sleight of hand artists I've ever seen. So, but yet they pass on some knowledge and help me as well. So I encourage those, those organizations are great. So Google those if, if you're really wanting to get into it. That's another great thing. I'm so glad you brought that up. Absolutely. And I'll try to put some links to those inside the show notes as well, so they might be easier for everyone to find. Johnny, if someone wanted to reach you and just uh, connect and maybe learn a little more that we couldn't cover in this episode, is there a way they can do that? Yes, I encourage it. Uh, I would love to speak with anybody that wants to get into magic and help them in any way I can. It's uh, Go to my website. Well, actually, go to my Facebook. That is, seems much better as you go to facebook.com slash the Johnny Magic, T-H-E-J-O-H-N-N-Y-M-A-G-I-C. You can go there and reach out to me, or you can reach out to my website, which is thejohnnymagic.com. Either way, I'd be more than happy to answer any questions to anybody that wants to go after this, this career, because I know there's a lot more than we could even touch today. So I'm more than happy to help. Awesome. And Johnny, I just want to end by saying thank you for taking this time. I know... This field of work is intriguing to many of us, and I know there may be some or even many out there that have this burning passion for this, and they've just been told that there's no way you can make a career out of this. There's no way of making this work as a life passion, and you have showed some ways of doing that. You have changed some lives, and for that, I thank you. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on the program. This program is only possible with the support of guests that care about helping others find their calling. If you or someone you know would be interested in sharing, please email us at cdl at stopclowningaround.com.